This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Thursdays at this time means we get to spend some quality time with Wendy Christin. She's a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. Here she is on your radio. Morning, Wendy. Good morning, Brad. All good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you well? Yes, I am. Thank you. Fantastic. So we think just because something is really good for us, it's a free for all. Ah, avocado pears, peanut butter. I've heard they're very good for you. So we eat just lots and lots and lots of things that are good for us. And although I'm sure, Wendy, you'll tell us that there are some foods that that's okay to do with, but for the rest, we still got to tread carefully. That's right. So we do know that there are several factors that contribute to weight gain. Um, even in people who follow healthy eating plans, you know, you, you look around and you see, well, but these people say that they're eating healthily, but what is it that they're eating? So the quantity as well as the quality of the foods we eat influence how they're utilized and stored in our bodies. Yeah, so a healthy food is one thing, but there is uh, something like an unhealthy amount of the healthy food. That's right. So healthy foods still contain calories, and we have to remember that. Uh, So we do need to watch our portion sizes. um, And especially if weight is an issue, we want to look at what are we eating? How much of those things are we eating? And just because it's good for us doesn't mean, as you said earlier, that um, we can eat lots and lots of it. Uh, What about fruit juice? We've had a conversation around fruit juice in the past. Seems like a good way to get stuck in this morning. Uh, We see it on the shelf. We think, oh, it isn't soda. This is the way to go. Yeah, so that's very true. But juices are not as healthy as as we think, even if we're making them ourselves. So when we juice a fruit or a vegetable, we remove all the fiber. So it slows down the absorption, or the, well, the fiber actually slows down the um, absorption of the sugars. But if we, when we remove that all, it's a direct hit on the bloodstream. So we definitely want to make sure that we're not having only juices, or we're certainly limiting the amount of juices that we're exposed to for that very reason. I've uh, cut up a few oranges during the winter season to, uh, you know, exercise my arm on that funny little juicer thingy that we all have in our house. It's a real elbow grease to see. And you've got to go through to get a proper glass of orange juice. You've got to you've got to go through like maybe four oranges, three or four oranges. But very few people would eat three or four oranges just like that in one go. In a sitting, that's correct. So if you think about it, when you're juicing something, it takes a lot because all of that pulp and all of that fiber contributes to the whole fruit. Mm. So now we remove that in the juice. And as you say, you know, we're not going to eat six apples in one sitting or five oranges, <laughs> but that's what it takes to make a glass, maybe even only 100 or 150 mils of juice. So you, you are really um, getting a lot more of that fruit and that fruit sugar in than would be normal if you were just eating the whole fruit. But still a better option in moderation than that soda, right? Well, yes and no, because it still is going to have um, an impact on your blood sugar. So unless it's diluted, because as you say, you know, if you're putting four oranges or six oranges and or six apples into a juice, that's a lot of uh, of sugar, even though it's a fruit sugar in one go. Um, and we'll speak just now about how the the, the, the buildup of sugars in the body from those kind of things can contribute to conditions such as fatty liver syndrome. Mm. So we definitely don't want to be having too much of it, but it needs to all be part of a balanced diet. And it shouldn't be something that we're doing only, you know. Yeah. We Many of us go on these juice fasts or whatever. And, and that can be counterproductive for our health. 
Um, when you start an eating plan or an exercise plan, you often find some nutritional advice going together with it. And uh, they would say, um, speaking here for men, I'm not sure what they would say for ladies, but it's still pretty extreme. They said one gram of protein at least per you know, kilogram of body weight. Um, so you end up having to consume large amounts of protein and they always would suggest meat and dairy and others, but that was sit at the top of the list. I mean, what would you say to somebody that's saying, you know, go to sit down and have big chunk of meat with every single meal? Um, I, I would disagree with that because I think proteins can be quite inflammatory and a high protein diet specifically can reduce kidney function in certain people. So it's, your body's not able to eliminate that waste. It's also highly acidic, and we want to keep our bodies more alkaline if we want to uh, maintain a good balance of health in our, in our bodies. So for me, the ideal portion of protein per serving is 150 grams maximum. Mm. So between 100 and 150 grams, that's not more than the, 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 the palm of your hand. Yes. Um, and that's for men as well. So you should not exceed about 150 grams of protein, whether it be meat, fish, or chicken, <clears throat> in, a, in a meal, in a meal serving. Yeah. Just the balance of your plate should then be made up of non-starchy vegetables and salads and leafy greens and things like that. So it balances out that acidity ratio. A quick question for you, Wendy. Are you saying 150 grams of protein or 150 grams of the actual entire product, chicken breast or whatever? The entire product. Okay. So you won't get 150 grams of protein and 150 grams of chicken or meat. Mm. You only then get a percentage of protein from that. But your portion size, you're looking at roughly 150 grams. Um, and that should be enough. If you're having that two or three times a day with your meal, that should be sufficient protein. And it doesn't have to be animal protein each mm. time. It can be protein in the form of, form of eggs or it could be um, some lentils or some beans or something like that. It, it's, it's your variety of proteins. Let's have a chat around healthy fats, Wendy, because we know nuts are some of those things that we know are good for us um, if they're the raw nuts, but we also can't go crazy consuming those. There's a lot of calories in those sorts of things too, for sure. Yes. So they are healthy fats and, and, we, and we should be including those in our diets, but they, they are high in calories. They don't have an impact on your blood sugar, but they do add to the calorie load for the day. And especially if you are eating them combined with carbohydrates. So if you eat fats and proteins predominantly and you're avoiding the carbohydrates, you can get away with eating more of the, of the fats. Mm. But the minute you start con combining them, your body gets confused and it starts storing all that excess fat. When we're uh, wanting to uh, consume less calories and we want to have a, a, a well better uh, lifestyle around how we consume food, one of the things people often drop is sugar, and rightly so, and we've had conversations around this. They replace them with sweeteners. Uh, can they cause problems in our, in our bodies? Yes. So sweeteners trigger the parts of the brain that keep us craving sugar. So because they're artificially um, engineered or chemically engineered, they do contain no, no calories. So they're very attractive as an option to use, especially if people are wanting to satisfy that sweet, uh, you know, that sweet craving. But the research has shown that the artificial sweeteners encourage weight gain because they stimulate your appetite and they increase carbohydrate cravings, promoting fat storage in the body as well. So the, anything that has a sweet flavor, even if we were considered to be good for us, like a honey, for example, or even these artificial sweeteners, they can actually make us more hungry. That's right. 
But the difference is when we consume the real form of sugar, so whether it's honey or, a, you know, a, a brown sugar or coconut sugar or something like that, the body signals us to say that we've consumed enough calories. When it's a sweetener, the body doesn't get that signal. So you overconsume calories. Interesting. So you, you, you're, you're craving the sweetness, but your body's getting no calories. So you just keep craving the sweetness, like a little vicious circle of sweetness. Yep. So that's why they are not so good in the long run to be using. I, I, I say if you're going to be using a sweetener, use it as a bridge to wean yourself off sugar. Uh-huh. But don't replace it with sugar because you, you, you want to ultimately get off adding any additional sugars to anything. It's no good if you're just going to replace something with a sweetener. So what about the timing during the day? You know, they say, don't skip breakfast. Then you have a lot of people saying, and that's what I think can be confusing about weight loss or weight management is one person says this and this website says that, and then that trainer says this, and then we get all confused. So some people say, you got to have breakfast. Don't skip it. Others say, no, skip breakfast, do some intermittent fasting, only eat later on in the afternoon. What is, what is science telling us is the better option? Or is it not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing? It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. Um, but there has been research that shows that you're more likely to gain weight if you are skipping breakfast. So intermittent fasting works for some people, but it doesn't work for others. So we have to learn and know what our bodies are are looking for. And if we're trying it and we've been doing the intermittent fasting for months or weeks or whatever it is, and we're not seeing a result, then I think we need to look at changing something and trying a different route because we need to figure out what's going to be the best thing for our bodies. Um, I personally can't do intermittent fasting because I need to eat frequently. Mm. But some people don't. And and so we really do need to find what it is that works best for our bodies. So, Wendy, if I look at what we've been talking about this morning, it really comes down to balance. We've got to understand our bodies, and we have that have had that conversation many times. But for us to find the balance, find replacements that are good for for us, this instead of that, but even the good stuff uh, in moderation and, and well-balanced. Yes. So balance is key. It, it, we, we can't get away from that. We can't avoid um, specific fruit, food groups indefinitely. We need to make sure that we're eating a colorful variety of foods. And we need to make sure that whatever we're eating, we're eating in the right portions and the right quantities for our bodies. If we're still persistently hungry, we need to go and investigate what is the underlying cause? Is there something else? Maybe there's a metabolic issue that's going on, something that's causing us to to crave specific foods or to overeat on specific foods. You've heard it from Wendy Christine from Integrated Health Solutions. Wendy, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for, for this. And if it's something that you're concerned about, if you feel this is for you, uh, why don't you get in touch with Wendy? And uh, if you want to listen to the podcast again, you can find it on our website. Wendy, thanks so much for your time this morning. Have a really great Thursday. Pleasure, Brad. Have a great Thursday too. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.